an awesome privilege that is to be able to stand where the presence of God is. We're going to pray today. How many would like to be remembered in prayer? You have a need, request on your heart. Um, I'm sure that probably maybe most of you have heard it that Erica had to go to the ER yesterday. She had a fever, about 100 and then 101, something like that. So they called the doctor and the doctor wanted to come on in and just check it because her blood count is so low in her platelets. Uh, <clears throat> they did several tests and uh, did her blood count, white blood count, and it's really low again, critical low. Platelets are back down below where they were last week. And uh, she's still in the triage in the emergency room because there's so many sick folks in the hospital. So she certainly needs a room. And we believe the Lord will make a way for her for that. Amen. Carol texted me just a few minutes before I came out a while ago and said the doctor said there's um, a load of blood coming in today, but Erica has a, a rare blood type, O negative, and then it has an RH value of something, whatever all that means. But they have not been able to find the blood so far to be able to give her platelets. But we believe God can take care of that, don't we? Amen. Amen. I want to thank you for praying for Alicia, too. She's feeling some better, still needs a touch of the Lord, and we're just believing God for all these things. How many of you have a need, a desire, a request in your heart today? Let's just take it before him right now. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for the privilege of prayer. In one way, it makes us feel kind of sad that all the times that we come to you, we always have requests, needs. And it just seems like as we go on in time, there's so much more to pray about. So many more people are going through so many things. Lord God, but you told us to ask for much, ask for great things, and ask for plenty of them. James told us that we have not because we ask not. Then he went on to say that we have, we don't get it because we ask amiss, and that we might be able to compound it, as it were, add to our lust, but we're not praying for that today, Father. We're not asking for a new car, a new house. We're not asking to be rich, famous, or important. But dear God, every need that was signified by hand, no doubt it was important, serious, critical stuff. So we bring them all before you today. Those that are sick and suffering. Those that, Father, they're, maybe they're not physically sick in their body, but they're just down in their spirit. They need your help. Whatever their needs are, Father, we're asking you in the name of Jesus that you'd move for them. Dear God, we agree together right now in the name of Jesus. You see, Lord, Erica's need today. Heavenly Father, by this rare blood type that she has, and it makes it more difficult to be able to find the platelets for it. But I ask in the name of Jesus that you'd make a way for her, Father. You see, Lord, she's been in the ER there since about 5.30 or so, 6 o'clock yesterday afternoon with no room. We're praying, Father, in the name of Jesus that you'd open up a room for her today. That you'd help the doctors to be able to know what to do, to be able to bring her white blood count up, which is critical. And also, Father, the platelets are critical. But we serve a God 
who specializes in critical situations. I so liked what Brother Mike Wall Sr. sent me this morning. It was a little sign of a sort that someone had made. And he said, we just wanted Omnicron to know we have an omnipresent God, an omnipotent God, an omnipotent God. He was here before Omnicron, and he'll be here when it's gone. He was here before sickness was here, and he'll be here when it's all gone. We bring our needs to you today, Father, and we bring them in faith. Lord, we don't believe that we have to come as beggars that are just uh, down before you and just afraid, scared to death you're going to hit us or beat us. No, we're children today. So we come as children. We're asking you, Father, in the name of Jesus. Lord, as I told you in prayer the other day, how gladly I would take the sickness of my two daughters. I would take it upon myself. I would bear it for them. But then, Lord, you spoke back to me and said, you don't need to. I already have. Hallelujah. And you've done that for all of us today, Father. We're so grateful. Speak to us today, Lord. We need to hear from you. We love you with all of our hearts. Minister to us, God, as only you can do. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Don't you love him so much? He's been so wonderful to all of us. Praise the Lord. So grateful for your good report, Brother Louis. Yes, sir. It ain't been that many months ago. Our brother couldn't even hardly walk, could he? Several times I thought he was going to fall as he would turn around to walk off the platform. But I told him, I said, Brother Louie, buddy, any time that you don't feel like doing it, he said, Brother Donnie, I want to do it. As long as God gives me strength. That's what we ought to be. At the post of duty. Praise the Lord. Let's turn to Colossians, if you would, today. Chapter 1, verse 15. I know we've been reading this for several Sundays, but... I just think it's such a wonderful, wonderful passage in the Word. We, for those of us that have been Christians for many years, no doubt you've read this so many times, and I hope that it hasn't, but it probably has become common to us in one way. But if we could have went back and we were the Christians in the first church age, and they would have received these words from God, it must have been so overwhelming. No doubt some people thought it was just the words of a, of a man and he had went out of his mind basically because he said, uh, I worship my God in the way that is called heresy, which means he was considered to be a heretic. But to the saints of God, it must have been so astounding. I trust it will bear that same mark on us today. Colossians 1, 15. Who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. For by him were all things created that are in heaven or that are in earth, visible 
and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. And he is above all things, and by him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. May the Lord bless his word. You may be seated. Turn with me to verse 24, if you would. Who now rejoice in my sufferings for you and fill up that which is behind of the afflictions of Christ in my flesh for his body's sake, which is the church. For his body's sake, which is the church. How many believes you're part of that body today? So that makes you and I part of the mystical body of the Lord Jesus, flesh of his flesh, bone of his bone, life of his life, power of his power, spirit of his spirit. Wherefore I am made a minister according to the dispensation of God. Now this is the only way that a man can really be called to preach. It can't be because his mama wants him to be his daddy wants him to be, grandma, whoever more. It must be that God himself calls that individual and actually contributes to that man a dispensation or a part of the gospel. Can't you see what a terrible thing it is for a preacher to stand and to say that he's called when actually he's not called by God? But he gets a degree or he gets something from some Bible school somewhere or he gets an inkling or just a desire to be able to do it. And he does it without a dispensation of God. Now Paul said, if I preach, then God will reward me. But he said, if I don't, then a dispensation of the gospel is committed unto me. Now, men are nothing, we know. But those who God foreordained before the foundation of the world, God actually contributed to their care a dispensation, which is a dispensing of the gospel. And he made it so there would not be anybody else on the earth that would be quite like them. They are unique. Their gift is unique. The way every child of God is here today. Their calling is unique. Their ability to study and the way that God deals with them. If I told you some of the ways that God dealt with me and speaks to me about certain things, you'd probably think I'm crazy because he comes in the times when I least expect him. For me, he chooses in the early morning hours. Uh, he wakes me up in the middle of the night and he will speak something to me. And I'm made up strange. The last thought that I have on my mind when I go to sleep at night is the first thought that will be on my mind 
when I wake up the next morning. So me and Carol pray and we talk and then we will discuss different things and then whenever we quit talking, I'll lay there and pray some more. And the last thought that I think about will be the first one that strikes my mind the next day. So the Lord will wake me up at one or two or three or five or whatever time he chooses and he will give me something and that replaces the last thought that I had when I was conscious. Then when I wake up the next morning, that thought that he gave me will be the first thought in my mind. I know that may seem strange, but God has committed to me a dispensation of the gospel. Now, I'm the only one that can protect that. I cannot add to the dispensation. I cannot take away from it but I can protect the gift in that God holds me responsible for that. So if I do anything then that would bring the gift in question or would question the credibility of that or the influence of it, God won't make you answer for that. He'll make me answer for it. So Paul is assuring the people in that day that he is not putting together this that he has written and that which is in the future yet to be spoke. But God committed to Paul a dispensation of the gospel. Now truly, if you're a a New Testament reader, you know that Paul said things about the gospel that Peter didn't even understand. And yet Peter was with the Lord Jesus after the flesh, but Paul never knew him after the flesh. Now, if you've been listening to Christ, the mystery of God revealed, I've been on it now for about two months, something like that. And you'll hear Brother Branham say that Peter knew him as far as the flesh was. He fished with him, hunted with him, all that sort of thing that Jesus did. But yet Peter, after the new birth, did not know him after the flesh. But Paul knew the Lord Jesus after he had died, raised again, and was ascended up on high. So he never knew him after the flesh. And I love the parallel that the prophet takes with that. And he says that many people try to know the Lord Jesus and this day after the flesh. And he took that and said the way that people try to know him today that way is by the word. So they study the word. They study the Bible. They may study the message. And they think they know him after the flesh, which is the word. And yet they miss the new birth, which is the secret that was in God's mind being transferred into their soul. Now, they think that they know so much about God because they've memorized the word. But yet the prophet likened that to knowing him after the flesh. So that's why theologians that have dedicated much of their life to studying the Bible, they might be able to take the Bible and make me and you look like we're idiots, that we wouldn't know nothing. They could go back in the Old Testament and quote this in the New Testament and quote that and you would sit there and think, my goodness, I would be ashamed to even open my mouth in front of this person because they are so learned. There's no question in your mind that they would be so, but that's simply knowing him after the flesh. 
But the new birth transcends that. Not that it does away with study. Not that it does away with us as the people of God wanting to know him. But yet it goes beyond just quoting the scripture. Now notice what Paul said, whereof I am made. He did not choose to be. I am made a minister according to the dispensation of God, which is given to me for you. So God allocated a certain portion of the word to Paul. As much as we love Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, as much as we love Peter and James and the other books in the New Testament, yet God committed to Paul an understanding that none of the rest of the men had. And Paul did not learn that understanding. He went to Arabia, we know, for three years. And that time that he was along with God in Arabia is when the Old Testament becomes so clear that the God of the Old Testament became in personification to become the same God in the New Testament with a human name called Jesus Christ. Now, Paul, remember that he didn't go straightway to Peter and James and Andrew and all of them saying, now look, brothers, the Lord's called me and I'm gonna sit under you all and I'm gonna be taught by you all. No, but the Lord led him out there to where he would be by himself and he would be taught by God. Now, is that the pattern for every preacher? No, but it was a church age messenger. And yet we know that God committed then this dispensation. The word dispensation comes from the root word dispense. Now we're all very familiar with the dispenser in the days of COVID. We've washed our hands more in the last two years than many of you have washed them your entire life. Well, go ahead and say amen. We wash and we sanitize. We've got sanitizer in our glove box. We got sanitizer in the pocket between the seats. And if you ain't giving it to you, your wife is giving it to you. It's in Lowe's, it's in Home Depot, it's in, it's in Walmart, it's even in the foyer of the church. So we all understand, so what is a dispenser? So if it's automatic, battery operated, you put your little T90 hands underneath there and it comes out. If not, you push the little thing on the side and it dispenses to you an element or an increment of sanitizer that is able to cleanse 99.9% germs on your hands. And everybody here is hoping you've done it before church so they can shake your hand. So we understand then by that that a dispenser puts out something. What's it for? It's to kill germs in that sense. Well, we needed more than a hand sanitizer. We needed a soul sanitizer, a mind sanitizer, a thought sanitizer. We needed the whole full gospel for the whole full man. Now, God could have given that whole dispensation to one person in every age. So he could have let one man come and that one man would have took it all and God would have said, well, that's it. But that's not the way he done it in the beginning and it's not the way he's gonna finish it in the end time. So God then, when God calls a man and he gifts that man and he gives him not only a gift inside of him, which is beyond explanation, and he gives him that and that inspires him to study. 
It gifts him a certain way. But yet God gives to him, see, an element of understanding of the word. Now y'all listen to enough preachers around the message and YouTube and their websites to know that Brother Tim preaches one way, Brother Ron Spencer preaches another way, other men preach another way, and I preach another way. And yet God is himself is the one who put those gifts in the church. And Brother Dan Daisley said it years ago that preachers are like lifesavers. God brings them in all different flavors. So, and truly, we all know that's right. Now, it would be wrong of me to try to preach that Brother Ron. I wish I could. He's a great preacher. Wish I could preach that Brother Tim, but I can't preach like him either. So I've got to stick with the dispensation of the way God's give me. And yet, there's certain things that God gives to every preacher that it seems like no other man can quite touch it that way. And that's God's own way. Now, here the mystery of Christ was revealed to Paul in a way that Peter never quite saw it. As a matter of fact, Peter said about Paul that some of the men of that day were resting, W-R-E-S-T, and twisting Paul's words. And Peter likened Paul's words and said that they were like the scripture. So this is the way that they believed what was being said. So God dispensed to this man that was absolutely one that was born out of season, one that persecuted the church, and one that probably some of the church had a hard time with. He would have not have been their first choice for a preacher because he had killed some of their family. He had had some of their loved ones put to death. And remember that haunted him the rest of his life. That's why the prophet said Paul wanted to become a martyr. You imagine his dreams? Some of y'all think you've got a bad past. Can you imagine seeing the face, men, women, boys, and girls that you committed to prison? Can you imagine standing there seeing the face of Stephen as blood run down his face as they took rocks and bashed his brains out and they did it as you were standing there under your command? And he would see those faces in his night visions and in his dreams. So he would certainly not been the pick of many people to grant him such a dispensation. But God doesn't go by that. God doesn't go by our choice. Well, I'll tell you one thing. I'd have never chose this man to do it. Well, I'm glad that God didn't leave it up to you. I'm glad God didn't leave it up to me because no doubt I would have given it to some people that couldn't handle it and I'd have kept it for some that were called to do so. And y'all would have too. So go ahead and say amen. So God chooses those that he wants and he gifts them the way he wants them to be gifted. Then God gives them a certain allocation of the word. Now Paul wrote more about election, predestination, and all that than the entire Old Testament and New Testament put together. He mentions more about it. He breaks in and God almost let Paul get into that secret chamber in the back part of his mind. But he kept it until the last day. And God allowed Paul to write things here in the book of Colossians and also Ephesians and 1 Timothy 1, 9 and also Titus 2 and so many places there in the New Testament about the revelation of God in so much that Paul said, great is the mystery of God in this for God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, testified unto the Gentiles and he said, received up unto glory. 
I mean, he concealed the whole mystery of God right there in that one verse. And yet, you don't find Peter saying that. You don't find James saying it. And as great a revelator as John was, as we call him, yet there was things about it that John didn't see quite like Paul did. And yet, if they would allow jealousy to come among them and be jealous of that, it would only cripple the very work of God. But they found out by the new birth, and this is why it's absolutely mandatory that every preacher be born again. I hate to say it, but everyone that preaches ain't born again. But if every one of them was, then it would eliminate most of this jealousy stuff and big I and little you and my big church and your little church. It, it, would, it would take care of all that stuff and it would help us to realize that God is the one who calls men. They don't call themselves. They do not even choose what office they had. When God called me as a boy, I told him, no, I didn't want to. I was stupid, ignorant. I ain't much smarter than I was then. And yet, whenever God called me, he'd have five folds of the ministry by which he could place me in. He didn't give me a choice whether I was called or not. He didn't even give me a choice of which one I could become. So he didn't say, now look, I've got pastors, evangelists, teachers, and prophets, and so on. Which one do you want to be? He never even asked me. Think of that. He never even asked me which one I wanted to become. Well, why? Because he knew even if I accepted it, no doubt, I would have chose the wrong one. So what did God do? God ordained it for a certain place. And it's the same with Paul. Now, each man, when God commits this to their trust, then they become responsible from that time on. They're to watch for their gift. They're to keep their life. They're to keep that sacred place before the Lord. No, let me try to explain that to you. But it's something between you and God. And you have to keep that yourself. Your own walk is the same way. Now, you can come to church here in fellowship and say, praise the Lord, amen. But every one of you have a secret chamber, a secret place with God that no one else can take that place. And God gives that to you and you are responsible for it. Is that right? Now, I want you to notice that when the Lord God met Paul on the way to Damascus, and it was actually the Lord Jesus that had now reverted back to that form that he was before he became flesh. So Paul was still, remember, he wasn't converted yet, and he'd been persecuting the church, and he said, Lord, who are you? Now, notice, Lord, who are you? So he sees a bright light, and it comes down about noonday, and whenever it sees him, it's so magnificent and brilliant that it actually blinds Paul for several days. And whenever he did, he said, Lord, who are you? Now, when he saw that pillar of fire, he knew that was the same symbolism of the God who had visited his fathers in the Old Testament. So Paul then asked the question, who are you? Now, the response was, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. But yet Paul was not actually persecuting the literal Lord Jesus but he was persecuting the body of the Lord Jesus on the earth which was the church you see how damaging it is for folks who persecute the church of the living God. I'll tell you one thing. I'd rather stand before God as a liar, as a drunk. I'd rather stand before God as all kinds of evil things than I would for people that have persecuted the church of God down through the church ages. 
you talking about a terrible judgment that it's going to be for those who persecute the daughters of God because of their long hair. And those women who make fun of the daughters of God because they dress decent and modest the way a woman is supposed to dress, I'll tell you they'd be better off to stand before God as an infidel that never even believed God than they will every time they put their hand over their mouth and, and snigger and giggle at a daughter of God because she's got long hair. Come on, church, and got a long dress. You think you're getting by with it? I tell you, you are not. I'd rather stand before God as a drunk than I would some of these people that are making their YouTube videos and all this stuff and calling God's prophet a liar and a false prophet. There'll be more mercy for the Sodom that was burned and destroyed in Sodom and Gomorrah than there will for some of the people of this generation for turning down God's great truth. But we know what the end is. Russia's already gathering. Come on now, you're reading the paper just like I am. I'll tell you, friends, looking at it in the natural sense, we're living in scary times. We're living in frightening times. My, all the gathering of the great world powers. Is this it, Brother Donnie? I don't know. I don't know if it is or ain't. But this is the way I live. I live every day so the bomb could come that morning. Because if the bomb comes that morning, I'll be gone at least five minutes before it arrives. Now I realize the United States has got all kinds of anti-missile this, and Israel has got the Iron Dome, and they're now manufacturing laser things where they can be able to catch the oncoming missile, but I'm so glad I've got something that's prepared me before the oncoming missile has ever launched, and that is the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Oh, Brother Donnie, we better dig a bomb shelter. We better start putting up canned green beans and canned Spam and Vianney sausages. Lord, I can't stand that stuff when I'm sick, much less when I'm well. Oh, we better get the sardines and we better put it up. No, I'll tell you what you better get. You better get so full of the Holy Ghost, oh, glory to God, that every fiber of your being is filled with God. You don't need no Vianney's and no Spam put up. Hallelujah. You don't need to can no green beans, but you need to get the Holy Ghost canned down inside your soul and let the Spirit of the living God seal you to the day of your redemption. Paul says, whereof I am made a minister according to the dispensation of God, which is given to me for you. Oh, I love that. Not given to himself to make him some great person, but given to him for the sheep of God. To fulfill the word of God, even the mystery which hath been hid from ages and from generations, but now is made manifest to his saints. To whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery. Now notice it's not just that the mystery comes and all of a sudden it just says, oh, okay, I didn't see that before. But now I see it. But there's also riches that are attached to the mystery of God. 
So what are the riches? A bigger home, a nicer car, more this and the other? No, but it's all these spiritual things that are added to the blessing of the word. This is why we can never emphasize the power of revelation in our lives. I don't care if I preach it every service. Every evangelist that come in here preach it every service. We can never emphasize it too much. Oh, you say, but I'm sick. I need healing. What you need is a revelation that you're already healed. Oh, you say, but my bills ain't paid. I need money. No, you need a revelation that he is your provider. You see, with revelation in our lives, just that one thing, it makes no difference what we face or what we go through. We know that our God will never fail us. He will never forsake us. I'll tell you one thing, I have been serving him for a long time. I cannot sit down if I was to today and try to recollect one time all of my years of being a Christian. Since a 12-year-old boy, that I could say in all reality, my God has failed me or my God has let me down. There's times I've misunderstood and there's times I've prayed for an answer to come this way and it come that way, but that way was the right way and that way was the wrong way. There's times I've had to say, Lord, I don't understand. Lord, I don't understand what you're doing and the way you're doing it. But once I look back and he does it, I realize, of course, it was the right way because it is his way. Do I understand it all the time? I don't but I tell him over and over again Lord when I don't understand your will I'm so glad I can trust your heart and how do we do that brother Donnie whenever we're walking in circumstances that we don't know how it's going to turn out well we trust him sometimes the tears in our eyes sometimes no song can come out of our heart but we keep on trusting and we keep on pressing because this is the reputation of our God. He moves in such times when they are so difficult and I am convinced if a war starts next week and Russia has a, oh my, Nashville's name on a bomb and Chicago's name on a bomb and San Francisco and Washington D.C. the Lord's got my name on a theophany. Yeah. Hallelujah to God. Oh, but, but, but Donnie, it's awful. I know it's awful but let me tell you something. The mystery of God is greater than COVID. The mystery of God is greater than cancer. I know we're facing difficult times, but I want to preach a God to you that is bigger than everything you're going through today. And Satan, oh, I tell you, I read it this week, the prophet of God said, there is nothing that happens by chance to a Christian. There is nothing. We may think, oh, I've got bad luck. There is no such a thing. Hallelujah. My Bible tells me my God will make all things work together for the good to them that love the Lord who are the called according to his purpose. Even the mystery which has been hid from ages and from generations but is now made manifest to his saints to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory the riches of the glory so this has nothing to do with your money it's the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles which is what? Christ in you 
the hope of glory. Oh, all my hope is in Jesus. Whom we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. Whereunto I also labor, striving according to his working, which worketh in me mightily. Now let me tell you, friend, Paul is not bragging on himself. He's not bragging because he's a great preacher. He's not bragging on good things he has done. He's bragging on the power of God. It's no wonder that the little book of Philemon says, testifying of everything that is inside of you. We should not brag on ourselves. We should not brag on our gifts and our this and that and the other. But I'll tell you one thing we should brag on is how great our God is. Our God is the one who gives us his faith. I can't brag on my overcoming faith. Brother Donnie, how can you do it? How can you press through all that you go through? I'll tell you how I do it. Because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. My flesh would give up like yours a long time ago. But the man living inside of me don't give up when hardship comes. He don't give up when difficulty comes. I've looked all through my pack that was given to me as a soldier of God. I went in every apartment of it. I've unzipped every spot. I've not found a flag of surrender nowhere. I've found the sword of the spirit. I've found the shield, hallelujah. I've found word the word. I've found faith. I've found revelation, but I ain't found no surrendering flag to the devil. You know why? Because we don't surrender. We press on, we pray on, we sing, we read, we study, we do what's right. That's who we are. Oh, oh, Jesus. Notice this in Christ's mystery. Now, God's secret mystery, he had before the world began, now back in the back part of God's mind, was something that he was trying and was going to achieve. And he had a motive in doing it in order to let himself be expressed. Brother Donnie, how can you stand up there and preach this sort of thing with Russian soldiers over here and NATO over here? Because this was before Russia. This was before NATO, pre-NATO, and when there is no NATO. Don't you understand? This was his purpose before there was ever a devil before there was ever a molecule, before there was ever any, anything that was in existence, this was his purpose. This outweighs sin. This outweighs sickness. This outweighs COVID and every other devil that'll come out of hell. He had a motive in doing it in order to let himself be expressed because first, there wasn't even a moon, a star, atom, molecule, or anything. He was God, but he wasn't exactly God at that time. Because God is an object of worship. And there wasn't nothing to worship him. So in his great mind, he wanted to express these attributes to be expressed. And in him was love. In him was to be father. In him was to be son. In him was to be savior. In him was to be a healer. All these great attributes 
that we see already expressed, they were in God. When I see God's great purpose revealing himself, having first to reveal himself in Christ, the fullness of the Godhead bodily, then to bring that fullness of the Godhead bodily into a, not a person. God didn't want to keep that fullness of the Godhead bodily in Jesus. He wanted to bring it into a people. Don't you understand why all hell is against you? It ain't you. It ain't the way you part your hair. Some of you couldn't party, you ain't got nothing to part. It ain't because you're worth so much, it ain't because of this or that. It's because who's in you? That within itself ought to let you know you are hell's enemy. And if you are hell's enemy, that means you are one of God's. Because God, oh God, contributed something inside of you that is greater than you. Friend, this is bigger than me. This is bigger than you. This is bigger than Happy Valley. This is bigger than the universe. It's bigger than the church. It's bigger than hell. It's bigger than everything Satan can do. Oh, listen to this. To bring the fullness of the Godhead bodily into a people that he could have the preeminences, the oversight, the leading. This is why a denominational system will never be able to do this. The people by the dying, I ain't talking about people. I'm talking about the system. There's some good people in those systems, but they better come out before it goes into him. Why? Because Christ cannot get the preeminence in a denomination that's run by man. They made up their decalogue, they decree this, this, we believe that, they move men there, you can't go here, you go there, you can't do this. How can Christ ever have the preeminence in a denomination? Well, let me bring it on down. How can he have one in a denomination in this message? I don't know if you understand or not, but some of the things in this message are just as denominational as denominations is out yonder, because if you don't do what they say, they will absolutely, my, they'll run you down, they'll call you everything, they'll spread lies on you. Why? Because it's the same denominational spirit. And Christ cannot have the preeminence in such a move. First, to express himself completely, God in Christ. Paul says this in 2 Corinthians 5, to wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. And then he goes on to say that he has committed to us the ministry of reconciliation. Notice this second to have preeminence by this in his church, which is his body, the bride. Till he could have the preeminence to express himself through them. All right. And thirdly, Oh, God, hasten this day to restore the kingdom to its rightly position that fell by sin by the first Adam. Back to where he walked in the cool of the evening when his people talked with him and fellowshiped with him. Well, you say, why did he ever let Adam 
And they do what they did. Couldn't he have stopped them? He could have, yes. He did not make them do that. But he put them on a basis that they could choose. As I've said it many times before, Adam did not choose to become a son of God or choose not to become a son of God. When Adam fell, he did not make the choice, I no longer want to be a son of God. Now I'm a serpent seed. Now I choose to be lost. Now I choose to go to hell. He was not choosing that at all. He chose to break his fellowship with his father. Don't misunderstand me. He was just as much a son after the fall as he was before. But he was a son out of fellowship. Maybe there's somebody here in me today and you're saying, oh God, I've sent away my day of grace. I've gone too far. Oh, my brother, sister, let me tell you, if you was a son or daughter of God, if you were one, you always will be one. You may be out of fellowship today and you may be cold and indifferent, but our God is still walking in the garden in the cool of the day, calling for his Adams and his Eves to come out. Why? That he might throw the atonement over behind the tree, Calvary's tree, that you can walk out clothed in the atonement. But you see, if Adam would have stayed in that condition, and I hope you understand the direction I'm gonna to go today, Actually, Eve should have become a mother by the spoken word. She should have been my mama. She should have brought forth Isaiah. Look, I'm not making this up. The prophet tells us this spoken word's original seed. She should have been a mother. God gave to his son the title book, the deed of redemption. Adam would have spoke every seed of God from the Lamb's book of life into existence and they would have come on the earth. But this is why God made her in a secondary form of the creation coming out of his body in a secondary way knowing she would fall. He couldn't make her do it but he knew she would. Then Adam walked into the garden and her eyes had become opened and she realized Adam still didn't know exactly. But remember, the woman didn't know it willfully. She was blinded. She was deceived. And I know some of you may carry a grudge against Adam. I don't. You mean, Brother Donnie, Adam will be saved? He sure will. He'll probably be one of the loudest shouters in heaven, but he will be saved. Both Adam and Eve will be there in paradise. Is that right? Why? You say, how could they do that? Because they accepted God's lamb. Remember the prophet said he went over on the hill and got that lamb and he slayed that lamb and took the skin off of it and threw the skin in behind the bushes to where his son and daughter was and said, come out. Remember, Abel was not there. But when Abel got ready to worship God, just guess what happened? The thought of God that projected divine fellowship restoration back to Adam. When Abel got ready to worship God, oh my, remember the prophet said they were taught by their mother and father that it was fruit that brought them wrong. Oh, Abel's father 
father taught him wrong. Mine taught me wrong. Yours taught you wrong. But his heavenly father taught him right. He was a direct descendant from God. Therefore, he had right to revelation. And God projected revelation to Abel. And here he comes with a lamb. You imagine walking past Adam. Walking past Eve. And Adam looking over at Eve and said, did you tell him? No, I didn't tell him. Did you tell him? No, I didn't tell him. Who told him? He's guilty. Oh, hallelujah. My uncle and them and my family, they told me there's three gods. Hallelujah. But my daddy said, Donnie, I ain't three. I'm one. Your daddy, your mom, your grandma may have taught you wrong, but if you are gods, he will teach you right. You see, Adam could have said, let there be, let there be. And there I would have been. And then I would have walked in the garden too. And Papa would have come down and the trees would have been blowing with that little gentle breeze of his presence. And I would have run up and you would have run up. The birds flying down, landing on our trees. The great dinosaurs strolling through the paradise of God. The birds of paradise landing upon our shoulders and saying, coo, coo, coo. And then when it was all said and done and every name was revealed from the book, he could have said, children, I could have been a savior. None of y'all are lost, but I just wanted to tell you, I could have been. And he could have said, I, 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 I could have been a healer. I could have been a miracle worker. But of course, none of y'all need miracles. But he let it come over here down in this loop of time cycle. And whenever we gather around the throne of God in eternity, it will not be him telling us. But it'll be us saying back to him, Papa, I was lost. And you found me. I was sick and you healed me. I was blind and you made me to see. It won't be us, oh my. It won't be us standing there in spoken word bodies and we bypassed all of that, but it'll be those of us that were lost that will stand there and sing the songs of redemption to the ceaseless ages. Don't you understand? Christ, the mystery of God revealed, will still be unveiling itself in eternity. You say, what are we going to do? You say, you're just going around and trade cars and, and you're going to work your nine to five job or eight to four job. No, we are the queen in the city. Amen. We will live in the presence of God and never have to go anywhere. We will be graced by his presence to live in Mount Zion. <sighs> Doing what? Bathing in the revelation of his great being. It will take eternity. You say, well, I guess I'll get a lot of my questions answered then. Well, I know we say that sometimes. I say it too. But I'm not sure when we get there, it really will have any. I'm not sure, Brother Robert said, now, Lord, how come you let me go through that one? Lord, how come you let that happen? Lord, how? 
You know, when we get into that word from body, this is us on this side of the chains thinking about it. Now, Lord, why did you do this? Lord, why did you let Brother Jim Bab go? Lord, why did you let Brother Cecil go? Lord, why did, why did you let Brother Gene Lehman go? Lord, why did you let this sister, how, how come, Lord? But when we get there, probably all the questions will already be answered anyway. You see, questions and answers are important to God. The mystery of God revealed in this last day is the answer to the devil's question. And this is why he's howling. I'm jumping ahead of myself, but... Notice, thirdly, to restore the kingdom to its rightly position that fell by sin by the first Adam. Back to where he walked in the cool of the evening with his people, talked with them, and fellowship with them. He opened Adam's side and took part of his flesh, which was Adam, to make Eve. And the bride has to be the word, for he is the word. She cannot stand on creeds. She cannot stand on denominations. She cannot stand on good behavior. Amen. She has to stand alone on the word because she's part of it. Don't you understand, friends? Folks who leave this word, they think they're just walking away from a doctrine. <laughs> Which doctrine? So when folks say, well, I no longer believe the message. So what part don't you believe? New births, water baptism, the name of the Lord Jesus, predestination of God, election of God, all these doctrines that we're talking about, they come right from the pages of your Bible. So which ones have you stopped believing? As message people, we believe there's one way that you are saved, and that's by the blood of the Lord Jesus. For by grace through faith are you saved, and it's not of yourself, it is a gift of God. Is that the way we believe salvation? We believe in sanctification of the Spirit. Why? The Bible teaches that. We believe in the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Why? The Bible teaches that. We believe in water baptism in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Why? The Bible teaches that. We believe in predestination. Why? The Bible teaches that. We believe in election. Why? The Bible teaches I always somebody would preach to me this morning. Oh, my friends, the prophet of God did not come to destroy our Bible. He only come to restore our faith back to that original word. Praise God. So journey with me. I see him as he lays him down. Maybe he just rubbed his hand over his eyes, something like this. And Adam went to sleep. And then Father opened up his side, takes his finger and just reaches down inside of his body and pulls out a rib. Now it's got blood on it, mucus, tissue, parts of the body. Maybe he lays it over on the table or bench or wherever Adam's laying. He reaches inside of Adam's spirit, which a doctor can't do or a surgeon today. And he pulls out love Femininity, gentleness, on and on and on that makes the female temperament. 
That's what this weird generation that we're living in where men want to become women and women want to become men. I mean, I seen one not long ago and he was wanting to be a girl, but what gave him away was his gorilla legs. I mean, here are his legs. He's packing a purse, wearing a dress, lipstick and makeup, and as brawny as Samson and wanting to be a girl. I think, you gotta be kidding me. What, where is the trouble? It lays on the inside. And yet, what do the doctors do in this day? They put them through surgeries, and some of your tax dollars help take care of that, of course, and give them a sex change and hang them back. But you know what? They can never break into that spirit. They need the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Well, come on now. But you see, God pulled this out of the man, and I can see him ever so gently as he takes that spirit. Then he starts forming, forming this body. Hallelujah. And there she lays, and God lays the spirit down inside of her. And her eyes come open. The first time female blue eyes ever looked, and there they are, looking around the paradise of God. Her blonde hair hanging down her back, and her blue eyes. And she. <gasps> And they're seeing that visible appearance of God, which was Christ. Maybe him reaching over, gently caressing her. It's okay. It's okay. You all right? I think so. Where, where did I come from? Come here and I'll show you. So he takes her by the hand. Adam was still laying there for the anesthesia is not wore off yet. Maybe pull back, just looked and said, you see right here? Right there is where you come from. Now I want you to stand by him. Because human touch can lower the blood pressure. When the heart rate is going rapid and when he wakes up, he'll, he'll be alarmed, he'll be alerted. So you just touch him. Just rub his arm. Hallelujah. So you imagine Papa steps out of the surgery recovery room. And he just, Adam's eyes are. And he feels this hand that's smaller than his. It's gentle, it's and he hears a voice that he never heard. <laughs> when he went to sleep, she's saying, it's okay. It's all right. And he's trying to find her, but he's... <sighs> Who are you? I am you. Oh, how it must make the heart of the Lord Jesus beat so fast when he has a minister to ask this, his bride this question for him. Who are you? 
And when you as the bride from your heart can answer back, I am the bride. I'm not who I was. I was lost, but I'm found. I'm wretched, but I'm redeemed. Hallelujah. I was blind, but now I see. Oh, you imagine how his heart must race, as we would say, when he says, she knows. She knows. She knows. Where she come from. You imagine as he lays there, he's overwhelmed, this flood of emotions, and he's just still quivering and Who are you? I'm not sure yet, other than I come from you. But Papa said, you would tell me who I am. He said, you named the animals. He said, you named this. So I'm waiting on a name from you. Oh, glory to God. Imagine as he sits up and he, are you okay? I think so. So tell me again, where did you? All I know is he led me over here. And he said, he pointed to this. This. Oh. He said, I come from you. But he said, I guess you're mine. Come here, let me show you something. So they start down through the paradise. Look at that over there. Oh, what, what in the world? That's T-Rex. Oh, he's so big. He won't hurt you. He's as gentle as a kitten. What's that over there? Oh, what's, that's an elephant. Oh, he's, he's fine. That, that thing. Oh, that. Oh, oh that's, that's a whale. Oh, you mean you... You named off it? Yeah. It was a dispensation my father gave me. <laughs> what are you going to call me? You... Are you shy? For you came out of ish. You are a woman. Come be with me. Bow down here, this pool. I was here yesterday and I got a drink 
I looked down in that water and all I saw was me. But I want you to bow down with me. And I want you to drink with me. You ready? I'm ready. Now I see me. And I see you. My joy is fulfilled. I don't know how to explain to you. When I saw you, something left me. Something I've had since the first day I was created. It's hard to describe. I was happy and so blessed and so, just so hammered by his presence, but somehow I was still longing for something. When I saw you, I realized it was you. Oh, friends, can't you see why it's so painful? When a husband or a wife loses their God-given mate in this life. You see, but the prophet put it this way, when a man meets a woman and he loves her and falls in love with her, he loves her and he just don't know why. And she loves him and she don't know why. That's a mate that stepped out of eternity together in a body called time. And one day they'll step back into eternity together again. Oh, Brother Branham, I loved her now. Well, I love her then. He said, more than you love her now. And he said, your wife then will not be for children and bringing forth in the earth it's just something that is yours and you'll take her by the hand and you'll walk down through the ceaseless ages together. Why? Because this purpose will never be destroyed. Let me speak to death. Let me speak to cancer. Let me speak to depression, sadness, and sickness. Let me speak to every devil out of hell and tell them they are fighting a losing battle. The purpose of God will never be destroyed. Hmm. Let me close with this. Must have been close to the evening time. And Adam said, we're in for a great surprise. Oh, really? What, what do you do in the evening? I go to church. Once a week? Once a month? Every day. Where, 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 where's the building? I didn't see a building. Remember, there was no houses. There was no buildings. Man's first residence was a garden. Your last residence will be a garden. Trees standing on either side of the river of life. There'll be beautiful waterfalls and fountains. You imagine him getting there? I said, she said, what, what do we do? Well, we start singing first. We just start singing. 
We're going to worship him. We're going to lay aside what we've done today. And he said, this is one of the most exciting days of my life. And I'm going to try not to be distracted from church today. Because I just got married. <laughs> but Joel, you imagine as that wind come through. And she said, what was that? He said, that's him. Don't be afraid. Just stand right here. He'll come to where we are. Remember when the prophet was out there in Arizona and I've stood out there in that place where he was at. When those angels of the Lord come down. Stood there several years ago. Still in that pocket of where the rocks and the cavern is. You can see the tops of certain trees that are cut off in that perimeter. Right outside of that perimeter. Trees of the same age standing there with many years looks like of growth. But you look at the girths and they're the same size as those. Why? He come down and cut the tops of them off. The prophet said, I knew he would come to where I was. So we're shoveling ashes, dirt, putting out the fire. So I walked away from the rest of the brothers and stood there. He stood there like this with his hands on the shovel. And the Lord come to where he was. Some of you scared that when we leave this building, Jesus ain't going to go with us. <laughs> you don't understand him, do you? He'll come to where we are. He loves you so much. He wants to go to Lowe's with you, Brother Rob. He wants to go to Walmart shopping with you, sisters. Imagine here he comes. In his Christ form. And he walked before them the first time. My children, he must have been so excited himself. Do you understand the prophet said that God has enthusiasm? When he preached the masterpiece, he said God under his enthusiasm struck Christ. God under enthusiasm struck Adam. God under his enthusiasm of pain, of sorrow, the enthusiasm of multiplication of his house. And Papa looked at him for the first time after joining him as husband and wife. He said, How was your day today? I'd say Adam could not even stand still. He said, Papa. It was such a wonderful thing when you gave me life. When you gave me this. Oh, you gave me her. Thank you. Thank you. Can't you see why sometime after that he was willing to take her sin upon himself and sow his seed in her knowing God but not kill that seed. And he walked out. With her shame, and the prophet said, that pillar of fire come down and stopped him and said, stop. I will bring you back. This is the third fold of the mystery. Let's bow our heads. Children, can't you see why I can't point you to a system? 
I can't point you to some denomination. I can't point you to some man somewhere in the message that's going to build a man-made denomination. I want to point you to this. Your lover. The Lord Jesus. God took three elements from the body of the second Adam. Water, blood, spirit. That's what consummates the new birth. When Satan hates you and despises you and tells you you're not even saved and all that sort of thing, you need to go back to the body of your husband, Adam, and say, this is where I come from. I didn't come from a church affiliation. I didn't come from an organization. But I'm back where I came from. Water, blood, spirit. Hallelujah. Papa, we love you so much today. Thank you for taking us on this little guided tour. Praise you, Lord. Back into your great secret. The prophet tells us ever one of your characters in the Bible was portraying it. Joseph. Loved by his father, hated by his brothers. You wrote it in the life of Noah, of Enoch, of Moses, of Adam, of Abel, of Seth, of Enos, Melia Hill, Jared. You wrote it in the life of Moses, of Joshua, Gideon. Ruth, Naomi, Boaz. It was the slowly unfolded mystery. Now it's unfolded up to this present time where we are today. This is why Satan is howling the way he is. This is why he fights us the way he does. For it's the Father trying to make the revelation known to us. But Satan wants to get us so troubled and so occupied with so many other things. Oh, help us, Jesus. Forgive us for being so busy, so caught up with the things of life. Oh, Jesus, may we go back to that side, as it were. Hallelujah. When Satan says you're a liar, that you're a... You're an old seed of the devil. You're a Judas. You're this and that and the other. May we just ignore him and go back to the side of our risen Savior. I'm not holy today because of what I've done. I'm not righteous today because of good deeds. I am righteous because I accept what you have done. You who knew no sin was made sin that I might be made the very righteousness of God in you. Lord, how we love the 23rd Psalm. Oh, it's one of probably a lot of Christians' favorite chapters in the Bible. But I wonder how many of us are familiar with Psalms 22. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken? For we know preceding the great messianic shepherd psalm of 23 is the psalm of 22. Suffering, denial, pain, anguish, 
That's what helped you make you such a great shepherd of the sheep. Psalm 22. Then David could say, the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. Oh, how David was able to make it so personal. He caught a glimpse of you, the great shepherd, in Psalms 22. So, Lord, maybe our journey of life may take us through Psalms 22 as well. That we can be able to stand and say by experience, I was at the point of death, but the shepherd took me by the hand and didn't lead me across to death, but he led me to the land of health. I was lost and he led me to the land of salvation. I was bitter and he led me to the land of forgiveness. I had aughts in my heart against people because they treated me wrong and done me wrong and I thought I could never forgive them. But the shepherd took me by the hand and led me to the land of forgiveness and with all of my heart I could say, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Lead us, great shepherd. Lead us. Hallelujah. And before long, before long, the third phase of this mystery will be revealed. The gates are already hung. The streets of gold have already been laid. Each one of those gigantic gates made of one pearl. We know there's no clams, no shellfish on the earth could ever make such a gate. But they're made by the creative voice of Christ. I go away to prepare a place for you. Praise God. Help us, Lord Jesus, I pray. How many wants to be closer to him today? You want this revelation to be more, more real to you than ever before. Oh my, let's stand together. Oh, Jesus. Let me scroll over here if I can and find this. The prophet mentions it so, so beautifully about Christ wanting to get it to the bride. The vindicated word in his body, in his, we are his victory. The reason of his death. We are his victory. If he does not produce a bride, then Calvary was a complete failure. But don't worry. She's already here. She's alive and well. Praise God. Praise God. Let's just sing that. Harry, what you're playing there. Let's take a walk this morning. I don't think I'll ever forget it. Many, many years ago, I was in 
Kenya, Sister Hope's country where she's from. St staying there at a hotel with several different people. And there was a, was a beautiful little place. It was not a big fancy high dollar place, but just a simple, beautiful little place. And they had a pass out through there. Every day I would go out there because it was so beautiful. And whoever had laid the pass and the stone, they'd come up and there was an archway there with beautiful flowers. And you'd turn as you come through and it started a, a little turn to your ride as you come through. And I, I just thought it was so beautiful. So I got my camera and I took a picture of it. As a matter of fact, I used it on one of my albums years ago. It's like you could not see what was around the bend. That's the way life is sometimes. But as long as he's walking with me, he'll help me. He'll help you. We'll crest every wave. The stabilizers are put out in the ship. We're going to make it, children. We're going to make it. Hallelujah. Let's sing it together. Hallelujah. For he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me I am his There's 
I'd stay in the garden with Him. Though the night around me be falling, but He bids me go.
to see my sins upon that cross. I'll never know how much it costs to see my sins upon that cross. Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We worship you, Father. We bless your name, Lord. Can we just worship him together? He must be wanting to tour the garden with us for a little bit before we go. Oh, I know you got lunch plans and all this and that, but really, what do you have going on that's any more important than this? Bring the presence of the king and him taking you by the hand and say, come on. Let me lead you to the land of health, the land of happiness. Hallelujah. We worship you, Lord God. Oh, Jesus, we bless your name. Oh, Jesus, we exalt you, Father. We praise you, Lord God. Just praise him, saints. Just with all your hearts. Don't worry about the people around you. Don't worry about your wife, your husband. Let's just love you. Oh, Jesus. Jesus. We bless you, Lord. Hallelujah. Give us eyes of faith today to look to that riven side which we were torn from. We didn't come from hell. We ain't going back to hell. We didn't come from organized religion. We ain't going back to organized religion. We come from the side of our husband. Water, blood, and spirit came out. Water, blood, and spirit will take us back.
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We worship you, Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. All is just worshiping saints. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, while we're in your presence again, I just feel your unction, Lord, to pray for those that are streaming and those that are sick. Lord God, may you deliver those that are bound. Father, those that are sick in their bodies, in the name of Jesus, bring healing, bring deliverance. Father God, would you move for your children? Around the world, our needs are so many, but your power is so great. Your grace and mercy is so plentiful. Move among your people, Lord. Grant it, I pray, Father. In the name of Jesus, may the Holy Ghost go down in Franklin Woods Hospital. Lord God, may you touch my little girl. May you move for Father. May her white blood count recover. May her platelets recover. May she get her strength back. That fever, that temperature, may it leave her. In the name of Jesus. I pray for not only her, but others of your children that have fever and coughing and sneezing and COVID and flu and RSV and all kinds of other things. All of that stuff can just go back to hell where it come from. Those that are bound, Lord, with fear and anxiety and trauma, we say we have been made free and whom the Son is set free is free indeed. We are your victory, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. May oppression leave the people of God. Hallelujah. May sadness leave the people of God. May the joy of the Lord replace it. Hallelujah. May our old tattered garments be replaced with garments of praise and joy. We worship you, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. Thanks, I'm Lord, sir. We worship you, Jesus. You Hallelujah. are here. Thank you, Lord. Moving in our midst. Yes, you are, Lord God. Receive I it, friends. Worship you. Receive it in the name of I Jesus. We worship you, Lord God. We magnify you. You are name. here. Working in this place You're the one who raised for us I worship you Lord You're the one that's coming back worship you Hallelujah, you've healed us You are here Moving in Bless your name, Lord God Bless your name, Lord I worship you
worship you. We worship you. You are here, healing every heart. Mighty God, we worship you. We worship you, cause you are the way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are, you are, way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. see it you're working even when I don't feel it you're working you never stop you never stop working you never stop you never stop working even when I don't see it you're working even when I don't feel it you're working you never stop you never stop working you never stop you Psalms 34. 
sought the Lord and he answered me
taste and see that the Lord is good. He'll give you everything. He'll give you everything. Praise the Lord this morning. Key of C, Key of C, shout to the Lord. I know you certainly appreciate our pastor, that sermon this morning, the Lord did here. Just appreciate him giving when he's going through so much, don't you? Let's continue to pray for, pray for all, all the ones with needs among us. Certainly our pastor and Erica, just have them on your heart this week. And let's certainly lift them up every chance, every chance we can. Let's just sing this. You can sing this as you go this morning. Shout to the Lord. My Jesus, my Savior, Lord, there is none like you. All of my days, I want to praise the wonders of your mighty love. My comfort is your shelter, a tower of refuge A tower of red. 